Hi, this is Joel Knox from the Vineyard Church in Brenham, Texas. I'm so glad that you're interested in our podcasts. Our media is available to you free of charge, and it always will be. But if you'd like to help us out, you can go to our website, vineyardbrenham.org, and make a donation there. We'd appreciate it very much. Anyway, thanks again for stopping by, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Vineyard. I think I said welcome whenever we led worship, but I'm glad you're here. Glad you stuck around for this part of the service. The song I was just playing, for those of you that might be Led Zeppelin fans, you like to get the lead out, that was Robert Plant and the Band of Joy and their song, Satan, Your Kingdom Must Come Down. It was released on their, their album, self-titled album, Robert Plant and the Band of Joy, in 2010, and it was nominated for the Best Americana Album in the 2011 uh, uh, Grammy Awards, started to say Academy Awards. The band featured Robert Plant, and he was not singing, Hey, Mama, you, you know, um, as the lead vocalist. Yes, a few of y'all caught that. And along with uh, singer Patty Griffin, singer-guitarist Buddy Miller, one of my favorites, multi-instrumentalist and vocalist Daryl Scott, bassist, vocalist Byron House, and drummer-percussionist, vocalist Marco Gioviano. Now, the reason I'm playing, played this particular song, I want to, want to just paint a picture for you. We went to see Robert Plant and the Band of Joy in the Woodlands at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion. If you've ever been there, you, you can tell me whatever you think about it. It was a hot, humid summer night, and we're sitting out on the lawn, and it was threatening rain. And of course, we paid our tickets for the concert, and we were, you know, we were with friends, and we were really excited about it. Had our had our our uh, blankets spread out on the on the grass. I mean, it was going to be a wonderful night. And then it's threatening rain. Well, they finally told everybody who was out on the lawn that they could move forward, which was like a major upgrade for our seating. But the thing that was really awesome about the evening, and, it, and yes, you know, we heard some good music, and yes, we got to sit under the pavilion because it did start raining. But over the pavilion, there was lightning, and there was thunder, and there was just all this, this stuff that was happening in the clouds. And it happened when they were singing, Satan, your kingdom must come down. It was a picture of warfare, you know, stuff going on in the heavens. And every time I hear that song, I think about that night, and I, I've got goosebumps. My, my, my facial hair standing up on, on, on the end. It, it, it's, it, it, I've got goosebumps on my goosebumps, goosebumps. But this song, it's, it's an old spiritual and it's been recorded so many times, nobody knows who wrote it. It just was one of those songs that just has been saying year after year after year, handed down, handed down. But it's a picture of what God is doing in terms of that slow kingdom coming. It's not here in its fullness. We've talked about this. Jesus came and the kingdom broke in. 
It's not here in its fullness, but one day it is coming. And one day, Satan's kingdom will come down. It's all going to come crashing down. And Jesus is going to be raised up as Lord of all over everything in heaven and earth. And that's what we look forward to. Now we started our series last week, The Lord's Prayer, Praying as Jesus Taught Us. And last week we looked at the phrase, Our Father in Heaven, Hallowed Be Your Name. Well, this morning we're looking at the Lord's Prayer and the phrase, Your Kingdom Come. The inbreaking of the kingdom of God in our world began with this amazing announcement. Luke chapter 2. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened that the Lord has told us about. Now, we recognize this is an inseparable part of the Christmas story. I mean, what would be a Christmas story without the angels coming to the, the, the shepherds saying, I bring you good news. A Messiah, the baby, the Christ child has been born. I mean, what would the Christmas story be without that? His birth was announced in the heavens. But that announcement, it's not just reserved for Christmas. It's not just for our Christmas story. It's not just for us to read around the the Christmas tree every December, whenever we're getting ready for Christmas. And this good news for all mankind, this was an announcement of war. If you remember the rest of the story... Herod sent out to have every child under the age of two to be killed because they were trying to get rid of the threat of this new king that had come. And this announcement, peace to those on whom His favor rests, it's an announcement that the rule and reign of God had broken into the world and it was under His authority. Satan, your kingdom must come down. The king is in in place. He's been born. He's alive. He's here. And at that point, the world was fundamentally changed. The future was revealed in the present. And then approximately 30 years after that announcement, Jesus began His earthly ministry by saying, The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. That message, the the kingdom has come, was central to Jesus' earthly ministry. 
And so it would only make sense that Jesus would incorporate that kind of language when He taught His disciples how to pray. You remember last week the disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. And He said, okay, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name, Your kingdom come. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. And it's interesting to note that in the Bible, how something is said is just as important as what is being said. The petition in the Lord's Prayer used verbs written in what's called the imperative mood. Imperative means the subject is of vital importance. It's crucial. And it's also an authoritative command insisting immediate attention or obedience. Jesus instructed His disciples to speak to God in, in, a, in a, prayer, a way of prayer that's in the mood of command or entreaty, the mood of volition. For those of you who might have taught English or taken a few English classes. And I'm going to explain what that looks like here in just a second. So as we begin this morning, I'd like for us all to say the Lord's Prayer together. And I've got it for you here to, to read along with me. But let's say the Lord's Prayer together, can we? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now last week I talked about the language that Jesus taught the disciples in the Lord's Prayer in regard to the phrase, Hallowed be thy name, or be your name. That phrase is an imperative statement, like what I've just said, a command in the Greek. But even as a command, it's in the passive sense. Because God is the only one who is able to do what they're declaring to do. You following me? So in regard to the name of the Lord, Father, in the original Aramaic it reads, Make your name holy. Got that? Now the same is true in regard to the phrase, your kingdom come. It literally reads like, make your kingdom come. Jesus instructed His disciples to command the kingdom into the present as only God can make it happen. And we can pray this way because Jesus gave us the authority to do it. So when we say, make your kingdom come, it's praying in the authority of Jesus. Now, John Wimber often referred to Jesus' ministry as being a show and tell in terms of the kingdom. You know, we've all done show and tell at school, right? You show something. And then you talk about it. You tell about what, what this is. I remember one time I, I went, went to, to school and I, I had, a, had a model that I had put together. And so that was my show and tell. 
because I put this model together and I was very proud of it. So I showed them and then I told them. And I told them everything, little, little detail that I had to put together in terms of, of building that little model. Well, sometimes the pattern in Scripture might be the show and tell, but sometimes it's tell and then show. And in that, Jesus would teach a principle like prayer and then demonstrate the truth with the power of God. And an example of this tell and show pattern is seen in Jesus' teaching when He taught the disciples to pray. And then later on in Matthew chapter 10, Jesus called His disciples to Him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, and drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. And as far as Jesus was concerned, the tell and show of the kingdom allowed His disciples to be active in the process of praying. They had just said, Lord, let Your kingdom come. And then they went out and said, the kingdom is here. You follow me? They went out in the power and the authority of the Holy Spirit of, of Jesus and they brought the kingdom into the world. And this is what I refer to and what we're going to refer to this morning as praying in the already and not yet. Now, we've talked about the already and not yet quite a bit. I like to talk about it quite a bit in that the, the kingdom came in terms of Jesus coming into the world, but when it came, it didn't come in its fullness. And this is what threw off a lot of the religious leaders because they were expecting Jesus to come and overthrow Rome and everybody else that was some evil empire. And all Jesus did when He came was He established His kingdom in a few disciples who carried His message. And as they carried that message, they shared it and the kingdom grew, but it didn't overthrow the evil ruling of their, of their day. And the truth of that is, is that Jesus came and the kingdom came not in its fullness. One day it will come in its fullness. And so we see some glimpses of the kingdom. We see some, some inbreaking of the kingdom. And we see what the kingdom is, is about in terms of healing and deliverance and all those things. But it's only in a limited capacity because it hasn't come in its fullness yet. Now when we pray, make your name holy, we're saying Lord, let your name be holy on my lips as well as on anyone else's lips who speaks your name. Let your name be great. Well, in the same way when we, we pray, make your kingdom come, pertaining to any situation, we are saying, make your rule and reign present here. Move your purposes forward in these circumstances. Come and be present here now. 
The kingdom of God is God's rule and reign manifested in the world through God's actions and God's people submitting to His rule and reign within their hearts. The kingdom of God expands by one person, by one situation, by one set of circumstances submitted to God's rule and reign over and over again. This is what we talked about in our our class, the gospel of the kingdom. It's by one life at a time. It's by, by one set of circumstances at a time. Whenever God comes and we see, we pray for somebody and God heals them from a headache. The kingdom had broken in to make that headache go away. And it seems really simplistic, but then whenever we see, see people healed from other conditions and d- diseases, whenever we see people set free from addiction, whenever we see people experience the infilling of the Holy Spirit in their life, that is the kingdom breaking in to transform their lives. So when we pray, make your kingdom come, we're calling out for heaven to make full contact with earth. To break in into the very circumstances that we're concerned about. You know those things that you're dealing with at work? God, make your kingdom come into my work today. Let your kingdom come into my office today. Let your kingdom come into my home. Let my children experience the kingdom in their life. I mean, do, do we believe it? That's what it's all about. Do we believe that the kingdom can come in and break in and make a difference? That, that's what this is all about. If it, if it doesn't work, then i got to go do something else. You know? I, I, I'm, I'm basing my life on this thing. God, send your kingdom. Break in. Heal, change, deliver. Do the work that I can't do myself. And when we embrace, embrace the tension, because, you know, not everybody gets healed. We embrace the, that tension that not everybody gets set free. We embrace that, that tension that, that, you know, my prayers may not be answered in this lifetime. We embrace that tension, but we're still inviting Jesus into the, to bring the wholeness of the age to come, to come into our need in our present day. And who knows... What will happen? When it will happen? But Jesus gives us authority to invite the kingdom into the present. He says we can invite the kingdom into the present. Lord, let your kingdom come. Come in, Lord, and change me. Come in and change what needs to happen in this, in this situation so that, that you can receive the glory for it. There's a specific show-and-tell moment in the Gospel of Matthew where Jesus demonstrated and taught this very principle to His disciples. In Matthew chapter 21, this was after the triumphal entry. And Matthew writes that early in the morning as Jesus was on His way back to the city, He was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, He went up to it and found nothing on it except leaves. And he said to it, May you never bear fruit again. And immediately the tree withered. And when the disciples saw this, they were amazed. 
How did the fig tree wither so quickly? And Jesus replied, Truly I tell you, if you have faith and no doubt, not only can you do what was done to that fig tree, but also you can say to this mountain, Move, go throw yourself into the sea, and it will be done. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Now, this goes back to uh, what I was talking about before last week when we talk about what God's will is. You remember the, the, the leper comes to Jesus and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And he said, remember? He said, I'm willing. I'm willing. Be made clean. And he got healed at that moment. God's ready to do things for us. He, he's ready to hear our prayers. He's ready to respond to us whenever we pray. God invites us to operate in the authority of His kingdom and to experience His presence in our circumstances. But that involves what we've talked about before, R-I-S-K. Remember? Got to be willing to take a risk. Now I want to talk about something, and I hope I can, can, can get this across and, and make my point. But posture is a subtle thing, but it speaks volumes. Go with me on this. It's a stretch. And I, when I was writing, it was like, man, this is going to be hard. <laughs> there was a doctor by the name of, of Albert Moravian. He was the author of the book, Silent Messages. And he conducted several studies on nonverbal communication. And he found that only 7% of any message is conveyed through words. 38% through vocal elements, like, you know, the rising and the falling of the voice. And 55% through nonverbal elements, such as facial expressions, gestures, posture, other things like that. We may say one thing, but our body and its actions might be saying some, something completely different. You know, maybe you've heard somebody say, you know, oh, I'm really happy about it. Well, you might want to tell your face that you're happy. <laughs> you ever had one of those conversations before? So, in this case, I want to use this word posture. Now, what does this have anything to do with the Lord's Prayer? Posture. What are you, what are you talking about, Joel? Well, during our Advent series called Inbreaking, you, might, you can go back and listen to the podcast if you'd like to do that. But there was a quote that I shared almost every week. And do y'all remember? Does anybody happen to remember what, what that quote was? Just see if you were paying attention. It's been a few months. You slept since then. Well, the quote was, those who are looking for God to break in, see Him break in. If you want to see God, God intervene in a situation, if you want to see God do that, you'll see Him break in because you're going to be praying towards that end. Right? Those of you who have, have children who, who are not where they need to be with the Lord, you pray for those kids, 
you're going to see God intervene in their lives. It may, it may be somewhere farther up the road, but you're going to see God intervene because that's something that you're passionate about. And you're thinking about it and you're praying every moment that you wake up. When you go to bed at night, you're praying for those kids that they would, that they would receive that revelation from the Lord and that they would, that they would turn their hearts toward home. So what are we looking for then when we say, let your kingdom come? Now, I'm not talking about the kind of name it, claim it, positive confession where we don't, you can't confess anything if, if you're going through a hard time. You know, I can't say that because, you know, it, it's not, not my positive confession. I, I've, got to, I've got to say that I've got it already. You know, I've, I've got, to, got to claim it, got to name it. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Because sometimes, you know, we do get sick. Sometimes we, we're not well. Sometimes we're in a bad place. But the difference that I'm talking about this morning is whenever we're in those places, we can invite the rule and reign of God to come in and change our circumstances. We can see God come in and change us. I can tell you that, that no amount of positive confession was going to save me from the addictions that I, that I had in my life. And yes, I, I was a believer the whole time that I was struggling in these areas. But it, it, it wasn't me saying, well, I'm, I'm set free in Jesus' name. It came from calling out to God, come and change this rotten sinner. Change me on the inside. Make me a new person. Let your kingdom come and transform me. And I can tell you this morning, that's what made the difference. The kingdom broke into my life and set me free. And I can testify to it this morning that I'm free in Jesus' name. But it wasn't because of some positive confession. I invited the kingdom to break in. And that's where the freedom came from. So when I say, when, we talk, when I'm talking about this nonverbal posture. I'm talking about leaning in to the kingdom and what God is doing. You know, to, to just have that, that posture where, Lord, I'm, I'm going to be part of whatever it is that you're doing. If all I can do is just, just look towards the throne, I'm going, to, I, I'm going to lean into what you're doing, whatever that is, whatever that looks like. If that means getting up a few minutes early, so I can read, read the Scripture. If it means that I need to take some time during the day that I might be doing something else, but I'm going to pray and I'm going to seek you and I'm going to call out to you, say, send your kingdom. That's leaning in to what God is doing. Leaning into God's power for our present circumstances. And this is where we, we get into this, this place of risk. where we're, Faith involves risk. We're trusting. We're trusting when we step out that God's going to be there to catch our, catch our feet. That's faith. It involves a risk. And so whenever we pray for the sick, whenever we do what Jesus said to raise the dead, to cleanse those who have leprosy, to drive out demons, to do the work of the kingdom, we're leading in to see what God is doing. 
Because those who are looking for the kingdom to break in will see the kingdom break in. I firmly believe that. So this morning I want to say that a, a posture of anticipation welcomes the inbreaking of the kingdom. If you want to see things change in your office, then lean into what God's doing. You want to see things change in your home, then lean into what God's doing. If you want to see things change in your own life, lean into what God's doing. Because he, the, the, the Scripture tells us, draw near to Him and He'll draw near to us. And I take that as just, if we just lean in, He's going to lean into us. And I guarantee you, His lean is a whole lot more than ours. The Apostle Paul in his letter to the Corinthians described what this posture that I'm talking about looks like. He wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, When I came to you, I did not come with the eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. You see, Paul made himself dependent on the Spirit's power and witnessed a powerful outpouring of the Holy Spirit there in the church at Corinth. So this morning, I want us to lean in and see what God will do in our circumstances. And just see what what He'll do this next week as we lean in to Him. Let's stand this morning. As we've been doing since basically Easter, we've been closing with with a written prayer. And I have a short written prayer that I'd like for us to close with and then, then we'll, we'll, we're going to make some time for ministry. But I'd like for you to pray this prayer with me to, together today. Father, make Your kingdom come. Manifest Your glory in our circumstances. Reveal Yourself to us and make Your divine purposes come to fruition. In Jesus' name, Amen.